Hey there, this is Chris Cast, Season 2, Episode 8, Ocho, Wheat, Acht. Anyway, I'm sorry about the delay. I didn't have anything to say over the last week. I really didn't have anything to say over the uh, assault on Capitol Hill. I do not and did do not really have anything important to add to the inauguration of Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris. So I just thought I would wait um, very much like, uh, a sh- is it Shaker? Um, or whatever, Nick. Hey, Google, what was Richard Nixon's religion? Here's a summary from the website en.com. Kind of like a Quaker. Nixon's upbringing was marked by evangelical Quaker observances of the time. So I decided to wait until, like in a Quaker meeting, I decided to wait quietly until I was inspired by the Holy Spirit to talk. And so this episode uh, is going to be about how um, if you get caught in a lie... Um, if you get caught in a lie, then the person you've lied to starts to audit their entire relationship with you and then reconsiders the verity of all your previous engagements and the previous truths that you've shared. Now, um, as you all know, and it drives my friends who are scientists and doctors um, and historians crazy, but as you know, I do not absolutely proudly do not peddle in the truth, nor do I peddle in, in evidence or, um, or in history. So if you want to move past that, um, and excuse my nasally honk because I have, um, congestion, then we will enjoy this podcast, episode eight, season two, as best we can after breaks. And as you know me, there will be several breaks as my train of thought derails and I need to recompose myself. Talk to you soon after the break. Yay! Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. All right, Uh, the impetus of this particular episode, season two, episode ocho, huit, acht, un, deux, trois, quatre. Anyway, um, huit, huit, neuf, huit, huit, exactly. Anyway, um, ocho. is that I was listening to uh, my favorite radio show. Well, actually, one of my top five radio shows in NPR. I think my number one favorite radio show is On Being with Krista Tippett. But my second favorite 
is uh, actually my second favorite is the big broadcast on Sunday night on uh, WAMU. My third favorite has got to be on the media. On the media has hosts Brooke Gladstone and my friend Bob Garfield. And um, every Saturday morning at 0600, 0700. Hey, Google, what time on Saturday morning on WAMU is on the media? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Here are other things you can try. Hey, Google, what is Saturday morning 88.5 schedule WAMU? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Here are other things you can try. Alexa, volume 10. What is the Saturday morning schedule for WAMU? Alexa, what is the Saturday morning schedule for WAMU 88.5 AM? I couldn't find that on your calendar. Anyway, I think it's 0600 or 0700 um, Eastern Time. Uh, this might answer your question. It's 4.20 a.m. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, it's 12.21 on a Saturday on uh, January 23rd, year of our Lord. Anyway... Um, so interesting episode this morning. This morning was in many ways a postmortem, uh, a media and press postmortem by, um, and, and a celebration of their 20 years on the air together of Bob Garfield and Brooke Gladstone. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, the title of it, and I will include it in the notes is um, the following. You know, I wish I had organized my entire life better, but it is not the way I live, is it? Uh, the episode is, I think the episode came out on the 21st, or, no, the 22nd of January, and it's uh, at wnycstudios.org, and the title is, well, comma, that was some weird shit with the eye of shit uh, in a convenient um, asterisk. So, very awesome. And just to give you notes, let me read you my tweets that I did right after the episode, and I will read them to you right after the break. Thank you. Hey, welcome back. Season two, episode eight of uh, of Chris Cast. My name's Chris Abraham, and I'm going to read you my direct responses 
via Twitter after I listened to just part of the episode. I plan to listen to it in full via the podcast, but now I had just turned on the radio while making my breakfast and making my coffee, and this is what I heard. My first one was, this was a good, quote, I cannot tell a lie, I cut down that cherry tree, quote, unquote, mea maxima culpa. Basically, quote, the devil made me do it, unquote, recognizing that the shameless media bias against Trump may never be forgiven. And then I wrote, because I can't stop myself once I get started, I always at tweet on the media every Saturday morning. My next one, this is an extremely interesting postmortem wherein on the media, Brooke, Brooke Gladstone, basically avoid, um, basically admits that the media went plum crazy intentionally in order to meet crazy Trump with crazy. Um, I don't know what that meant, but maybe it's a gist. Mind you, it was morning and I didn't have my coffee yet. Another one I wrote, sadly... Brooke Gladstone and Bob Garfield. I'm afraid that what Trump and the media's reaction to him sadly proved is that an autocrat isn't really so bad. Could be a lot worse and was as entertaining as hell. Then I wrote, what happens when an actual hegemonic autocratic despot runs for president? All that crying wolf over and over could have, like you said, normalized that Trump was the worst. He's not remotely a worst-case scenario. Then I wrote, uh, Now that I got my weekly Saturday morning critique out of the way, congrats on your 20th anniversary, and this show was extremely good, open, honest, and made me happy to know that media's crazy was premeditated and fully intentional. Yikes. And then I wrote, because I couldn't stop, in a, wor- in a world where autocrats, despots, and literally Hitler's dis- uh, disappeared journalists like Brooke Gladstone and Bob Garfield. I'm glad that Trump wasn't literally Hitler or actually an autocrat or despot. Happy 20th. So happy you're not in a gulag. And someone messaged me on uh, No Agenda Social. If Trump had a dictatorial bone in his body, he would have grabbed the country at the hint of COVID. And then I wrote... uh, That's it. That's all I wrote. And we'll get back to what my point of this podcast is right after the break. Welcome back. Uh, Chris Abraham here. Chris Cast. Season 2, Episode 8. Episode 8. Episode 8. I can't wait till Episode Elf. My favorite German number. Elf. Which is 11. Once. But that was it. And so 
based on those tweets, what I am going to say is going to be maybe extremely controversial, uh, but this has been a theme of mine forever. Like if you go into chrisabraham.com and go to the search bar and search wolf, you'll see that I have, I'm going to read it to you. I did a, 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 um, a search and replace. Um, let's see if I can find it. The media cried Trump. And I'll read you, like, it's freaking repetitive. I'm not going to read you all of it. Oh, bugger. Da 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 Here we go. Alright, so the entire theme of the stupid post was The media that cried Trump. The media tended their master's sheep near a dark forest not far from the village. Soon they found life in the pasture very dull. All they could do to amuse themselves was to talk to their dog or play with their media's play on their media's pipe. One day as they sat watching the sheep and the quiet and the quiet forest and thinking what they would do should they see Trump, they thought of a plan to amuse themselves. Their master had told him to call for help should Trump attack the flock, and the citizens should dr- would drive it away. So now, though they had not seen anything that even looked like Trump, they ran toward the village, shouting at the top of the lungs, Trump! Trump! As they expected, the citizens who heard the cry dropped their work and ran in great excitement to the pasture. But when they got there, they found the media doubled up with laughter at the trick they played out of them. A few days later, that... And the media again shouted, Trump, Trump! Again, the citizens ran to help him, only to be laughed at again. Um, Then one evening, as the sun was setting behind the forest and the shadows were creeping out over the pasture, Trump really did spring from the underbrush and fall upon the sheep. In terror, the media ran toward the village, shouting, Trump, Trump! But though the citizens heard the cry, they did not run to... uh, to help him as they had before. They cannot fool us again, they said. Trump killed a great many of the media sheep and then slipped away into the forest. But that's not exactly what happened. I should do a search and replace on the media that cried Nazi or the media that cried um, Hitler or the media that cried um, despot or hegemon or autocrat or plutocrat. Google, hey Google, what is the definition of plutocrat? Here's the definition of plutocrat. Derogatory. A person whose power derives from their wealth. Hey Google, what is the definition of autocrat? Here's the definition of autocrat. A ruler who has absolute power. Hey Google, what is the definition of hegemon? On the website merriam-webster.com, they say, something having dominant influence or authority over others, one possessing hegemony. These were the periods in which England and then America filled the role of hegemon. Hey, Google, that's pronounced hegemon in hegemony. That's pronounced hegemon.
<laughs> hey, Google, let's pronounce hegemony. That's pronounced hegemony. <laughs> hey, Google, what's the definition of despot? Here's the definition of despot. A ruler or other person who holds absolute power, typically one who exercises it in a cruel or oppressive way. Hey, Google. Um, nothing. Just to make sure we had baseline uh, agreement in, in definition, I wanted to share that. Um, I will talk about what this all means after the break. Like I said, when I get derailed, I regroup. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Chris Castier, Chris Abraham. Season 2, episode 8, 8, 8. Hey Google, what is the word in Portuguese for 8? In Portuguese, you would say 8. Hey Google, what is the word in Chinese for 8? In Chinese, that's fa. Hey Google, what's the word for eight in Japanese? In Japanese, you would say hachi. Hey Google, what's the word in in uh, in uh, Arabic for eight? In Arabic, you would say thamaniyatun. Hey Google. What is the word for eight in Farsi? Here is your translation. Hey Google, what is the word for eight in Persian? Here is your translation. Oh well, good enough. Uh, Wow, I'm going to take a break just to get myself regrouped. That was completely off the rails. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um, so the point is, is that when, uh, let's talk about what the right believes is true right now, right? So... The right, and a lot of them, no, no, no. Let's talk about what the right believes. The right believes that the election was stolen by virtue of a combination of ballot stuffing and uh, and computational subterfuge, right? But what does the left believe? Uh, or what does mainstream America believe? Let's say uh, uh, 55 to 60% of Americans believe the following, which is they believe that Trump was literally Hitler, that Trump was um, an anti-pope, 
that he, hey Google, what is the definition of antipope? Here's the definition of antipope. A person established as pope in opposition to one held by others to be canonically chosen. So Google was, I mean, Trump was totally an antipope. He was an aberration. He was not the, 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 um, um, uh, the cycle of custody, the, the train of custody, whatever the legal term is, uh, was supposed to be a handoff between Obama and Hillary. Um, technically speaking, whether or not I still feel like he was a heel, he was, uh, Trump literally was our 9-11, not, not the storming of the Capitol, but Trump was the second 9-11. He, you know, he was an actor hired to be the role of the ultimate heel in the WWE production of America circa um, uh, 2016 to 2021, uh, 2020-2021. But let's assume everything was the way um, the population... Let's let, See, I'm so addled with regards to what I believe is the truth that that this is meaningless, but let me explain. This, artic- this, this particular podcast is about what happens... Um, if let's say, um, you're told that the attack on the Capitol was the worst thing since nine eleven, since nine eleven in Pearl Harbor, then over time you find out that all it was, was a, a bunch, you find out that they were a John provocateur. You find out that they were, um, uh, paid hostels. You find out that the narrative of Capitol Hill is not exactly the way it was. And you realize that the, that the rift between what actually happened and what it's being sold at in terms of its potential of what could have happened, it's worst case scenario where all the, um, all the Democrats in the house were, um, were, were, um, were kidnapped and then summarily executed. Uh, the Reichstag, I mean the Capitol building, the Dome Reichstag, I mean the Dome Capitol building was burnt down. Uh, if you find out all these things, uh, you be- and you find out that the what you're told on TV by the media is not remotely what happened because you can do checks and balances by virtue of looking at the primary source and that happens in any number of time times there's a potential that the scales will fall off on people's eyes right you can prevent that by inoculating them against the places that they will find out uh contradictory or even true lies so if you go ahead and say the narrative is that the capitol hill uh, insurrection was an insurrection. It was sedition. It was manifested by the president. It was an attack on a fragile democracy. It was an attempted violent coup. And that even that is potential, like even remotely, like there's no way that a bunch of dumbasses could seize the seat of government Firstly, the seat of government was being held by the same person they accuse of taking that power. But Chris, but Chris, it's a self-coup. Hey, Google, what is the definition of S-E-L-F-C-O-U-P? 
According to Wikipedia, a self-coup, or auto-coup, is a form of putsch or coup d'etat in which a nation's leader, despite having come to power through legal means, dissolves or renders powerless the national legislature and unlawfully assumes extraordinary powers not granted under normal circumstances. So, newsflash, that didn't happen. It didn't, he, uh, Trump didn't try to do that. Trump, Trump, as I, as that guy in one of my tweets said, if, uh, if Trump had an autocratic, despotic, authoritarian bone in his body, he would have taken advantage way much more. If anything, when COVID hit, uh, Trump is like, hey, do whatever you want. Um, the states, California, New York, I mean, if anybody acted despotically or authoritarian, um, it was the it was the gross attack on liberty on in the name of of preventing the spread of disease. I mean, why can't we call it uh, why can't we call it um, uh, situational authoritarianism? Why can't we call it um, uh, situational martial law? If you'll notice. Martial law all across the country couldn't be called that. I mean, it's a, it's amazing how afraid we are of words. Anything that indicates tyranny or or uh, authoritarianism in a real way isn't called that. Whereas our crazy four-year president, one-term president, um, was basically like some crazy Louisiana... Fat Tuesday, show me your teas, like booze hound with a zombie and a necklace of beads to give away. He was basically saying upon the uh, approach of this uh, global pandemic, he was basically saying, Laissez les bon temps rouler! Laissez les bon temps rouler! Hey Google, can you translate, Laissez les bon temps rouler! Laissez le bon temps rouler means let le bon temps roll in French. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Hey, Google, translate laissez le bon temps rouler. Excusez-moi, je n'ai pas compris. Uh, uh, okay, Google. Uh, uh, comment... Uh, Comment dit-on en anglais les les bon temps rouler? En anglais, ça se dit the elements your ride. Ok, Google. Comment dit-on en anglais les les bon temps rouler? En anglais, on dirait the good guys ride too much. Anyway, laissez les bons temps rouler means let the good times roll. So even though my French is atrocious or Google sucks, um, I do have the stuffy nose to speak good French, but I don't. Laissez les bons temps rouler. Laissez les bons temps rouler. Maybe if I pronounced it, hey Google, can you translate laissez... Lay bon temp roulet. Nope. Anyway, so all all Trump cares about is the economy. 
all Trump cares about is um, is is making sure that there's shareholder value, making sure that the Nasdaq um, and the stock market increases, that there's a boom, boon, a boon time, boon. Hey Google, what's the definition of boon? Here's the definition of boon, a thing that is helpful or beneficial. Hey Google, what are boon times? The time in Boone, me, is 12.41 p.m. (laughs) The time in Boone, Michigan, is 12.41 p.m. That's awesome. Anyway, boom, 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 boom times. Anyway, uh, je ne sais sais rien. Um, So, all right. So let's say you start putting these things together. Mm, Trump didn't get us into global war. There was no, um, there was no uh, nuclear war. There was no foreign war. Um, uh, but what do we do about the pandemic? Four hundred thousand. Sorry about the beeping. I should be, I should be swinging a kettlebell right now. So I apologize. It's also going to happen three minutes from now. So, uh, pardonnez-moi s'il vous plaît. Um, so yes, 400,000 dead, 500,000, uh, soon. Um, uh, what if you ever think, what if someone thinks, well, maybe that isn't Trump's fault. What about the state and local? What about the mayors? What about the governors? What if other countries aren't reporting correctly? What if America is over-reporting? What if, um... PCR tests aren't accurate. What if any type of death in the United States is being uh, conflated with COVID deaths? Like there are so many things that are completely dismissed by mainstream media as um, destructive thoughts, as uh, infective thoughts, as uh, negative thoughts, as conspiracy theories, and and very much. N- Thoughts that need to be controlled, right? But if if this starts cascading, then what if these same people start second-guessing the narratives that they've been taught all the way back through the beginning of their lives, right? What When I lived in Germany, lots, I mean, everybody uh, uh, from, from um, uh, uh, every Muslim I met, Turkish, Persians, Everybody considered the 9-11 attacks a, a, a false flag inside job uh, perpetrated by uh, the Bush administration and his internationalist goons as a way of, of getting a, uh, of turning American, of hurting American cats to uh, mushing American dogs to war. Right. So what if uh, what if more people believe that 9-11 wasn't 9-11 or that Pearl Harbor wasn't Pearl Harbor or that like once people start auditing their narrative and start deconstructing what they've been told, what they've been told about the, the Gulf War, what they've been told about the war in Iraq, 
what they've been told about constant war, what they've been told about international terrorism, what they've been made to do on behalf of the TSA with regards to travel, uh, the things that they've been uh, put, they've needed to adjust their lives to based on things that were revealed by uh, Edward Snowden, things that were revealed by, sorry about that. I can hear my business partner telling uh, our, our our potential client, our, our actually our new partner, I can hear him echoing last week saying, oh, don't worry, those are Chris's kettlebell uh, swing alerts. He does everything he can to avoid having to do them. So that was an, another example for Dan to remind him that was a... Um, a set of 50 kettlebell swings that I was able to avoid for my podcast, by my podcast, blaming all y'all. Um, so what happens then? What happens when all kinds of narratives happen? And then all of a sudden people are like, wait, Trump wasn't a despot. He might have been a lot of other things. He definitely was full of shit, but he wasn't literally Hitler. And he wasn't an authoritarian because if he was an author authoritarian for real, um, everybody who was completely piling on him every night would be in a gulag. Um, a whole hell of a lot more of them would be poloniumed. A whole hell of a lot of them would have uh, uh, suicided themselves in the chest. A whole lot more of them would have ended up in small plane crashes and a whole hell of a lot of them would have accidentally had heart attacks while they were in their hot tubs um, that accidentally the cover of which fell on top the hot tub, right? A, a, a true despot um, is much more, is much better at throwing actual jackbooted thugs at people. He would have, uh, he would have definitely smashed all of these riots in in a real way, not in a namsy pamsy way. I mean, uh, I would dare say that that Donald Trump had very little control at all of what happened in his country. Um, he was constantly being flexed on by Nancy Pelosi, constantly being flexed on by uh, by by mayors and governors. I mean. Mayor of of uh, uh, the mayors of California and the mayors of New York, uh, and sorry, the governors of California and the governors of New York, and the mayors of San Francisco and Los Angeles and of New York City constantly dunked, dunked on Trump. Um, uh, I had to stop watching um, Colbert because Colbert was just. It was all low-hanging fruit. It was all lowest common denominator. It was all just the most repulsive, low-end low uh, comedy. It wasn't even in any way um, flirtatious. Uh, during the entire eight years of Obama, Colbert was flirtatious with the president. He, he made fun of him, but it was flirtatiously. And so far with uh, Colbert's bits uh with the aviator sunglasses doing his joe biden impressions they're completely flirtatious they're they're um they're 
what is the term? They're hagiographic. They are they're um uh they're the kind of things one does when one roasts someone beloved, uh, as opposed to someone as opposed to the burn book, uh the b- literal burn book that um uh, lovely and beautiful Samantha B brought up in a recent episode. Um so my only fear amongst many fears with regards to the future of America that we'll talk about more later is that if 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 too many Americans constantly become derailed from the mainstream narrative and start going down rabbit holes there's a pretty good chance that the First of all, that the, the trust of America, of the trust that Americans feel towards their government has never been lower, but it can go lower. Hey, Google, what is the trust that Americans have towards their government? My apologies, I don't understand. Hey, Google, what percentage of Americans trust the government? Hey, Google, what percentage of Americans trust the government? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Here are other things you can try. Alexa, what percentage of Americans trust the government? Here's something I found on the web. According to foxnews.com, a majority of voters, 62%, do not trust the government. Well, nobody trusts Fox News, right? Um, what else was I going to ask? Um, Alexa, what percentage of Americans trust the media? Here's something I found on the web. According to IDStream.org, just 30% of all Americans have some degree of trust in the media while a 37% plurality say they don't have any trust in the media. Yeah, none of that is good. And so I believe that there have been so many, like, yes, Trump has been, I'll I'll take a break, come back to this in a second. A palate cleanser, an amuse-bouche, a, hey, Google, what is a palate cleanser? According to Wikipedia, According to a palate cleanser is a neutral flavored food or drink that removes food or drink that removes food residue from the tongue, allowing one to more accurately assess a new flavor. In cultures where diversity of flavors in dishes is customary, the palate cleanser is considered an essential companion to main dishes. Palate cleansers are often used between tasting wine or cheese or other strong flavors. God, that was madness. I'm surprised you guys... Well, the good news is that anybody who has any intolerance to this podcast will have certainly turned it off after that crazy, both of my freaking robot friends saying the same thing at the same time must drive people crazy. So let me take a break and I'll be right back to you. (laughs) 
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um, hey Google, can you play the, uh, um, um, you're tearing me apart, Lisa, clip from The Room? Sure, playing the You're Tearing Me Apart Lisa clip from The Room on Office Roku. Sorry. I can't find what you asked for. Well, anyway, that would have been fun. But back to back to marching orders. Um, there's so lately on the um, on the media, there have been a metric ton of people going online, podcasts, interviews, opinions, opinion pieces. Um, uh, um, op-eds, uh, YouTube saying we need to, we need to censor what people have easy access to. The counter narrative is too strong. Obviously the counter narrative is complete lies. These lies aren't just funny. These lies are destructive to the fiber of Americans. It's rotting people's brains. It's making them fascist. It's making them uh, racist. It's making them, um, anti, anti-racist. It's, it's, it's tearing us apart, Lisa. And so therefore we need to put, uh, soft or hard barriers to news outlets like Fox News, OAN, um, uh, Newsmax. We need to put soft or hard barriers to sites like Tim Pool and Salty Cracker and No Agenda Show and even even Joe Rogan, who is countercultural, man. The guy is as willing to share the counter message as he's willing to do uh, the mainstream narrative. So this sounds really despotic to me. This sounds really authoritarian to me. This sounds extremely... Hey, Google, define hegemonic. Here's the definition of hegemonic. Ruling or dominant in a political or social context. Hey, Google, define authoritarian. Here's the definition of authoritarian. Favoring or enforcing strict obedience to authority especially that of the government, at the expense of personal freedom. So who sounds more authoritarian? Does Donald Trump, who didn't make anybody stop making fun of him, or does a government who really thinks that you need to do, you not only need to wash your hands for 20 seconds by singing the entire ABC or Row, Row, Row Your Boat or whatever it costs, but you need to exert way more hygiene both physically and mentally you need to exert mental hygiene you need to exert media hygiene hey google what is the definition of mental hygiene here's a summary from wikipedia mental health defined by the world health organization hey google stop alexa what is the definition of mental hygiene here's something i found on the web According to slideshare.net, mental hygiene is defined as a science dealing with the preservation and promotion of mental health as well as prevention and treatment of mental illness or abnormalities. 
Was that helpful? No. Thanks for your feedback. Alexa, what is the definition of media hygiene? Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Hey Google, what's the definition of media hygiene? Here's the definition of hygiene. Conditions or practices conducive to maintaining hey, health and prevent. What is the definition of informational hygiene? On the website collinsdictionary.com, they say, New word suggestion, careful evaluation of the information that one is consuming and disseminating. Oh, that's a good one. Hey, Google, what's the definition of info hygiene? According to Wikipedia, Hygiene is a series of practices performed to preserve health. According to the World Health Organization, personal hygiene refers to maintaining the body's cleanliness. Alexa, what's the definition of information hygiene? Here's something I found on the web. According to digitalguardian.com, cyber hygiene is a reference to the practices and steps that users of computers and other devices take to maintain system health and improve online security. Thank you. Anytime. Enjoy your afternoon. Thank you, Alexa. Anyway, so, wow, I got really excited, didn't I? So, uh, I believe this is gonna, this is gonna blow back this, uh, this, uh, build back better, this, uh, um, uh, reset it's going to it's going to be as as the mainstream starts to exert dominance and say listen um we've lost control of the narrative we need to have uh um um cohesiveness in our as as a country and as a world population let me show you examples of when that doesn't work for example the uh, 400,000 people who died as a result of a lack of cohesion. One might say that the fact that, that mainstream media and the opposition uh, government uh, in opposition to Trump's White House was more, and, and the constant attempt at insurrection with regards to uh, unending uh, accusations of our president being literally Hitler, literally Mussolini, literally Pol Pot, uh, literally Stalin, literally Marx, and literally Putin, or Putin's poodle, um, to to uh, echo the concept of um, of um, of the British Prime Minister being Bush's poodle uh, back in the day, but this entire thing. Uh, now that it's worked, I mean, literally able to ex expel a probable two-term president with extreme prejudice, gladly, without any, without really, without any violent uprising. I mean, honestly, what happened on Capitol Hill was a piss in the wind. I mean, every most everybody who died died at the hands of 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 guards 
and then then a bunch of heart attacks happen because maybe those guards wouldn't weren't in the the stress of dealing with a flood of people is definitely uh difficult to handle anyway that's going to put that that this part this segment is going to put me in a gulag if if the uh, information hygiene ever gets bad enough that anybody who dissents is going to be in in legal cultural business and so forth trouble then i'm done for because this is going to be in, on record but i believe that the confidence the amount of flexing the fact that um i'm gonna take a break Welcome back, Season 2, Episode 8. Welcome back, this is Chris Cast, and I'm Chris Abraham. So, there's been so much gloating, and um, I was just telling my friend Kay that in an opportunity to unite, an opportunity to bring people together, uh, I, I, I think about the um the, the the what are they called the um uh the the rules of knighthood um um uh men are no longer men are no longer oh what's the term the uh there's that uh anyway the herald heraldry suggests that there's a number of things that a gentleman does or doesn't do and one thing that a that a um um that um someone of knightly virtue does is they they show mercy and uh it is ungentlemanly to um to do a coup de gras like to to put someone on their back with no longer a sword uh it is it is beyond the pale to ever um run someone through with their sword after they've after they've given up after they've given up after you've won mastery over them right and this intention that the senate and the congress has of not allowing any type of grace any type of of uh, mercy on donald trump as he as he as he goes away tail between his legs back to mar-a-lago they need to exert full dominance upon him and his legacy by by doing a coup de gras which is to say even after uh, Trump lays on the ground and, and Biden is upon him and has the tip of his blade um, uh, upon the neck of of Donald Trump. And he looks up at Nancy Pelosi and and Schumer and uh, and he looks for their nod. Uh, they nod and they compel him to run him through with a blade. And that is what this final pray I mean 
after the fact, within 100 days or after 100 days, they, uh, starting this Monday, they're going to start voting and they will need uh, 17 uh, Republicans in addition to the 25, uh, 25 Democrats in order to get two-thirds majority to convict Trump and to do the final nail in his legacy to drum him out of the core, to tar and feather him, and to humiliate him like no president ever has been, uh, relinquishing of him of any of his presidential future, his presidential library, his presidential legacy, uh, any benefits that all presidents in history have benefited from, such as I assume he won't even get uh, Secret Service support or his for life uh, security expenses, um, retirement plan, uh, forever salary, etc. All those things will be relinquished from him. He will be, um, he will literally have the stripes torn from his shoulders um the the um and will be if you will without any type of benefits like like no president has ever been humiliated uh this might be the last straw and that's that level of flexing that level of hyper confidence that level of um assuming that that level of of um end zone ungentlemanly behavior, unsportsmanlike behavior will be uh, accepted and will be even to the middle, even to the, to the um, people who are in the middle of the road, along with the, um, uh, along with the um, uh, armadillos that are the, that are the uh, dead on the road. Everybody from uh, middle of the road to the right, um, are going to see that as unsportsmanlike behavior, untoward, appalling. And if there's that level of confidence from a perceived stolen election, I mean, this isn't, this isn't, the, this isn't the kind of confidence that is the direct result of a, an 80%, 70%, 60% uh, win. This is a uh, Biden win with asterisks, uh, and then the level of confidence and and showboating that's associated with it could have extremely terrible secondary side effects. Um, there's been so much showboating and arrogance. There's been no humility, uh, no humbleness, no contriteness, no no let's suffer together. All it's been is end goal, uh, end zone dancing, uh, unbefitting what should be the, the, the modest, the honorable, the trustworthy uh, party, which has always been considered the party of the people, the Democrats. And I feel like there's going to be a real blowback from this especially since with this kind of public confidence of having, let's say there's 
Um, oh. Hey, Google, what are the five pillars of government? Here's a summary from the website appgeo.com. The five pillars of local government. One, an informed citizenry and public education. Two, civic works and infrastructure. Three, public health and safety. Four, transparency and accountability in government activities, and, and more. And democracy and freedom. Thank you. Um, hey, Google, what are the five, the five uh, uh, columns of government? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Here are other things. Hey, you Google, can try. what is the fifth column? Here's the definition of fifth column. A group within a country at war who are sympathetic to or working for its enemies. Hey, Google, what is fourth estate? According to Wikipedia, the term fourth estate or fourth power refers to the press and news media, both in explicit capacity of advocacy and implicit ability to frame political issues. Though it is not formally recognized as a part of a political system, it wields significant indirect social influence. Hey, Google, what is the third estate? According to Wikipedia, what is the third estate? Is a political pamphlet written in January 1789, shortly before the outbreak of the French Revolution, by the French writer and clergyman Abbe Emmanuel Joseph C. Eyes. Hey, Google, what's the American third column? Sorry. I don't know how to help with that. Here are other things you can try. Anyway, so uh, let's say the first estate is the executive. The second estate is the legislative. The third estate is the um, is the um, judici judiciary. Um, the fourth estate is the press. And the fifth estate is the intelligence community, right? I believe, and I will make a special, uh, a special episode about this. Um, hey, Google, remind me to make a podcast about the five columns of American government. Okay, make a podcast about the five columns of American government. When do you want to be reminded? Tomorrow at 10 a.m. Sure. I'll remind you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Alexa, remind me to make a podcast about the five columns of government in a, uh, in a world of Trump tomorrow at 10 a.m. Okay, I'll remind you tomorrow at 10 a.m. But I'll give you a sneak preview in the next segment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. My name's Chris and my last name is Abraham. This is Chris Cast. It's season two and episode eight. Five columns. All right. So during the Obama administration, there were five columns all on Team Obama. Uh, there was the executive, 
There was the uh, uh, judicial. Uh, there was a legislative. There was the intelligence. And then there was the uh, the press, right? Um, during the Trump White House, the only... Uh, there were two of the five, right? So Trump and uh, and the Senate, Trump and the legislative, uh, the executive and the legislative were uh, Team Trump, and uh, the um, and he was working towards uh, the he was working towards a judiciary uh, control through judges and through the Supreme Court. And then the media was against Trump and the intelligence, the, the um, Trump's called in the deep state, the intelligence community was against Trump. Because the intelligence community benefits from globalism, doesn't benefit from nationalism or, uh, or um, uh, isolationism. So that's my definition. And now you have a complete, and, and they're gloating, they, uh, meaning the Democrats are gloating because, and I would bring it more down to a leadership class, right? The 1%, uh, the, fo the folks who go to Davos, um, including the, the technocracy, the, the, um, uh, oligarchy, et cetera, et cetera. So now it's, it's across the board. The, 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 White House is Democrat, uh, liberal, left-leaning. The uh, the Senate and the the House are left-leaning, Democratic-leaning now. The um, the judiciary, I would dare say, sat the Trump White House out. They didn't do anything. They they did not vote against Trump at the Supreme Court, but they did not allow any of his any of his arguments to enter uh, into the court. So they were Switzerland. I give them the middle finger as part of this, right? If you look, the White House was the, the thumb. The legislator was legislature was the was the forefinger. Uh, the, the judiciary, um, the Supreme court was the middle finger. They gave the middle finger to Trump, but if assuming that the judiciary is off the table, we'll see what happens because in many ways, Trump jumped on a grenade to get his people onto the Supreme court before he left. He knew pretty much that he wasn't going to become a second term president and Another bunch of uh, kettlebell swings I'm missing right now. <laughs> so they knew that he he knew he knew, and um, of course you've got the press. The press never. I don't consider Fox or a what is it uh, OAN or. Um, Newsmax or any of those places. I mean, they might have definitely higher viewerships than any of the mainstream media, but they do not have the, the gravitas as the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS. Um, they just don't. MSNBC. They just don't. 
you can have a YouTube channel with 10x the number of, uh, and you can even be Joe Rogan. You just are always considered to be that weird libertarian freak. Um, so, and then you have the, 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 the intelligence community has proven that they are not on the side of Donald Trump. And I think that that is a rational answer, rational behavior. I mean, most the Intel community comes from, uh, university level education, graduate school, PhD, um, and we all know that as part of that fifth column is the is the science and health world too. Anybody I would put into that fifth column anybody outside the media and outside the government who has a very strong opinion and a strong platform. I would even add um, movie stars and musical stars and cultural icon figures. Uh, such as the leadership of Black Lives Matter, etc., as being an important fifth column, an important part of the citizen, um, what is it called? Uh, the, oh, oh, what is it called? Hey, Google, what is the military, industrial, and academic? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Here are other hey Google, is there a thing called the military, industrial, and academic academic complex? On the website historynewsnetwork.org, they say by 1962, physicist Alvin Weinberg sarcastically remarked that it was becoming difficult to figure out if MIT was a university connected to a multitude of government research laboratories or a cluster of government research laboratories with a very good educational institution attached to it. By 1968, a year after. So there's this concept of the military-industrial, the military-industrial complex, and then it's been extended recently to the concept of the military-industrial academic. Um, <laughs> so many kettlebell swings I'm missing on you to uh, in sacrifice to you. Um, Hey, Alexa, what is the military-industrial-academic complex? University in Chains, Confronting the Military-Industrial-Academic Complex is a book by Henry A. Giroux published in 2007. Alexa, what is the definition of military-industrial-academic complex? Here's something I found on the internet. The military-industrial complex is generally defined as a coalition consisting of the military and industrialists who text more. More. That's all I have on that. Hey, Google, what is the military-industrial complex? According to Wikipedia, the military-industrial complex is an informal alliance between a nation's military and the defense industry that supplies it, seen together as a vested interest which influences public policy. Anyway, I think I'm done for today. I think I have to go back to work, and I have to make lunch, and I also have to swing kettlebells and get my steps in. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope you have comments on this. I think I can take comments. Let me tell you how you can reach me after the break.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Hey, Google, play the theme from uh, Welcome Back, Carter. Okay, playing Welcome Back, Carter theme song on Office Roku. Hey, sorry about that, guys. Hey, Google, can you play the theme song from Welcome Back, Carter, on this device? Welcome back. Theme from Welcome Back, Cotter, by John Sebastian, Shaw. Playing on YouTube Music. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Back here where we need ya. Back here where we need ya. Yeah, the keys in the lot. Cause we got him on the spot. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And I know what a scene you were learning in Was there something that made you come back again? And what could ever lead you? What could ever lead you? Back here where we need you Yeah, we tease him a lot Cause we got him on the spot Welcome back Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back Welcome back, welcome back Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. 
Thanks, guys. Hey there, Chris Abraham, Chris Cass, Season 2, Episode 8, Wheat, Ocho, Acht. Uh, you can reach me at chris at abraham.su. You can go to my HQ homepage at chrisabraham.com. You can find me on Twitter at chrisabraham, on Instagram at chrisabraham, on YouTube at chrisabraham. That would be youtube.com slash chrisabraham. You can get me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Chris Abraham. Um, let's see. Facebook.com slash Chris Abraham. Although I'm still in Facebook jail for two more days or three days. So I'm not going to be able to respond to you there unless uh, it's via messenger. At Signal, I'm at plus one two zero two three five two five zero five one. Same thing for WhatsApp. Same thing for text. Same thing for call. Um, if you call me, I won't answer unless we have a date. If we have a date or a meeting, it would be at calendly.com slash chrisabraham slash 15. And uh, if you want to uh, love this, if you want to love on this podcast, you can share it. You can like it. You can comment on it. You can subscribe. Um, you can write a review if you are on, uh, uh, Apple podcast or someplace like that. You can give me stars. <clears throat> My home base is anchor.fm slash, uh, Chris cast, I believe. Um, or is it slash Chris Abraham? I don't know. And, um. I don't really know. My goodness. Anyway, then if you go to if you go to me at anchor.fm, Chris Cast, you can support me, I guess, with money. Uh, or you could comment or 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 I don't know what the just look. Um they generally tend to append that at the bottom of the show notes. Uh, no matter where you get the RSS, no matter what platform you're listening to this, if you look at the show notes, you can find my HQ on anchor.fm. Um, all those things matter a lot. And, um, if you tweet at me or Facebook at me or no agenda social at me or Girvik me or anything me, and say that you listen to the episode, you generally motivate me for another five episodes. So if you hate this episode, hate my podcast, hate my awful nasally voice, hate my constant dropping of bad French bullshit, hate my crazy libertarian point of view, think I should just freaking smarten up and toe the party line, then do not comment. If you comment in a negative way, you're going to encourage me to do another five episodes. So if you don't want me to talk anymore, shut the fuck up. Um, I love you too. Love you so much. Thanks for listening. This is uh, lots of episodes. I'll go ahead and count them for the next one. But as you know, season two, episode eight. Talk to you soon. Mahalo.
Tschüssi. Ciao. Auf Wiedersehen. Au revoir. Hasta la próxima. Um, aloha. Mahalo.